You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. How is everybody living on this Thursday? Lots to do, lots to hit on over the next uh, 60 minutes. Lead you up to Golik and Wingo at 6. So uh, let's roll for this Thursday edition. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. It is non-Astros related. For all you people, you know, I'm tired of this story. Tired of it. Enough with the Astros story. Oh, I'm sorry if we happen to be touching on the most important sports story there is right now. Sorry if we're playing the hits. And make no mistake, whether or not you might be tired of it, people are still talking about it. Everybody is still focused on it, and for good reason. But... In the course of the show today, we will get to the NFL's expanded playoff format. We still have to touch on the UNS Cespedes hype video. I wanted to mention it yesterday, but it was not like he was going to respond anyway, so there was no you know, no real urgency there. We have some other movies that people suggested after the show yesterday that traumatized you as kids. It's amazing that we're all functioning as adults considering how much we were traumatized. And there's not really been one that I said, ah, no, that's not really. I can, I can see all the cases people are making. And I kind of agree with them. It's just that the other traumatizations, is that a word? Let's go with it. They were stronger in my mind. It's not that the other ones weren't traumatizing. It's just that there were other things that popped up bigger. Uh, Joe Burrow, should he bail on Cincinnati with the number one pick? Uh, The Kyrie Irving situation with his injuries. So lots of stuff to do. But let's begin at the start. And we have spent a lot of time on the Astros story. We're not going to focus on that exclusively today like we have on other days. But, as I said, biggest sports story right now, and for good reason. And every single day, there has been a different angle. There's been a player, a different player that's talked. Rob Manfred's had another press conference about it. This angle, that angle, the punishment, whether or not there's going to be anything else. The, the Astros press conference, which was an absolute joke. Their excuses that they've made time and time again. And the reason why people are going to continue to talk about it is there's no way to really look at this and not look at Major League Baseball, who is supposed to be policing their own game, as a laughingstock right now. Rob Manfred looks like a laughingstock right now. They had a a team cheat their way to a World Series title. They were caught, not because of Major League Baseball, but because somebody that came out and, and admitted it. They did not, Major League Baseball did not punish the past. They did not punish the owner. They didn't punish the players. What do you think the takeaway is going to be? So the focus on Manfred and whether or not he is going to uh, take away the title or the title should be stripped, you know, a lot of talk. Well, what kind of the, 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 the talking points that I've heard over the last 24 hours, more so than the previous, what kind of precedent does that stand? Where will it end if you do that? And it also seems like one of the other talking points has been, you know, the Yankees, they need to uh, stop talking. The Yankees need to stop talking. The Yankees don't have really anything to complain about. Or, you know, Yankee fans in 2009, you had A-Rod on your team. A-Rod, he cheated in 2009. Or Aaron Judge needs to stop talking about this. Enough with the Yankees. You'll hear this a lot. Strange, you'll continually hear this from admitted Yankee haters. The Yankees 
and I'm a Yankee fan, preface that, you probably know that if you listen to the show, lost out on a trip to the World Series in 2017 against a team that won all four games at home, a home where we know they were cheating. They won the first two games by a single run. They have a player, the Yankees, who was clearly cheated out of an MVP award in the process. Why do you think the Yankees are the ones being asked about it as much as they are? It directly impacted them. This is not about Mike Trout, who's the biggest, the best player in baseball. I don't know if he's necessarily the biggest star because he doesn't want to be. But this is not Mike Trout talking about hypotheticals, how it might have impacted him. His team stunk. It's not some random player bringing this up. This is a team that was directly impacted by the cheating, much like the way the Dodgers were. There's a reason why the Dodgers and Yankees are the ones talking the most about it. No, no, no. The Yankees need to be quiet. Why? Because you don't like the Yankees? Because that's really the problem, right? You don't want to hear from the Yankees because you generally hate the Yankees. And you can come up with any roundabout justification you want. The most popular one, well, Yankee fans can't complain. They had a bunch of steroids, guys. Believe it or not, the Yankees weren't the only ones with steroids. A-Rod was cheating in 2009. We know that now. You know who else was cheating? Other teams in Major League Baseball. There's a reason why they call it the steroid era. So am I to believe the Twins, do the Yankees beat in the playoffs, the Twins were the clean team. Nobody on that team whatsoever was using steroids. The Angels, nobody. Steroids were an east of the Mississippi type thing. They, could, they couldn't penetrate to California. You couldn't find a steroid anywhere in California in 2009. It really impacted the Angels. Trust me, there were guys on the Angels who were using. We don't know who they are. We probably will never know who they are. But they had guys. The Twins, too. The Phillies, too. Other teams did. And again, as has been mentioned by me and other people, Steroid use was widespread. It's unknown who was using. This case, we know there's one team who was doing this. They got caught. Well, we don't really know who was doing what on the Astros. I've actually heard that. No, if you have a computer, you can kind of find this out. You don't have to go and I didn't go and do the research. I crowdsourced it. It's what you do nowadays. You crowdsource. Other people do all the hard, the grunt work. And you can just use the numbers. Of the 58 games that are available on video to go back and look at, there are specific numbers that we know. Documented numbers. George Springer, in the 58 games during the regular season, now we know they were using it in the postseason too because Major League Baseball told you and they didn't want to tell you anything. But of the 58 games you can go back and look at, George Springer, 933 pitches he faced, hurt 139 bangs. 15% of the time, he was cheating. Alex Bregman, 800 pitches, 133 bangs, 16%. Carlos Correa, Mr. Don't blame us, it's not tainted. No, it was tainted, and you're tainted. 594 pitches, 16.3%. Jose Altuve. 866, only 24, only 2.8% of the time was Jose Altuve cheating, much less than the other guys. Still, almost 3% of the time, still cheating. 
Jake Marisnik. 364, 83 banks, 22%. So his teary-eyed apology, the big bad New York media, boy, they moved on from that fast, didn't they? Here's a guy who's playing in this town who is involved in the biggest scandal in baseball in 50 years, and he has one day where he kind of gets a little choked up, and they're, ah, you know what, leave him alone. What are we going to do? Nobody brings it up. J.D. Davis, too, 28% of the time. One of the highest numbers. Hey, he gives an apology. Boop, boop, boop. Move on. But it's the Yankees. They need to shut up. I'm tired of it. Can you imagine? Can can we just be honest for a second? Can we take off our fandom hats and just admit that if this happened to the Mets, if the Mets were cost a trip to the World Series, could you imagine the apoplectic reaction that pe- Met fans would be having to this? You would never, you would never, people would be wearing black armbands on their shirts on the street. And you know how I know that? Think of the last two years when it got near the end of the season and it was pretty clear that Jacob deGrom was going to win the Cy Young. Imagine if he had gotten cheated out of a Cy Young. Nobody was even floating a possible theory that he wasn't going to win the Cy Young the last two years. But if it ever even got mentioned that he might not, or somebody might vote for somebody else. Oh my God, it was the greatest crime in the history of crimes. And keep in mind, nobody was actually floating the idea that he wasn't going to win the Cy Young. Just the idea, the possibility of it was outrageous. Imagine if a team, imagine if the Braves were cheating the whole time. And cost the Mets a trip to the World Series. Do you think that, do you think anybody would be going on anywhere and saying, you know what? Mets gotta shut up about it now. They gotta shut up. The second part of it, of, of where does it end, right? If, if Major League Baseball were to strip the Astros of the title, what kind of precedent does that set? Have you heard this one? What kind of precedent does that set? Well, you've already, maybe unknowingly, set a precedent. And the precedent is, Players can cheat. Everyone can think you're cheating, which you were. And as long as they can't figure out exactly all the details of it and get one of their players or one of the players on the team cheating to come out and and say, hey, this is what we were doing. Major League Baseball is not going to do anything. They didn't do any. They knew about it. Teams complained to Major League Baseball, and baseball did nothing about it until Mike Fires comes out and tells you and gives you all the details of the scheme, and people can go back and look and say, oh, yeah, you know what? He's absolutely right. That's exactly what they were doing. So baseball has basically told you we can't really punish the players, and we're not even going to really try. So don't get caught because you don't want to get caught. But even if you do, Major League Baseball is not going to do anything. So if Major League Baseball honestly does want people to move on, they're not going to punish the players. They weren't going to do that at the beginning. But stripping the title, even as non-ideal as that is, I think that you don't really have anything else at your disposal that would at least get people to say, at least. right? Like at this point, you got nothing. If you're somebody who's upset about this, the punishment gave you nothing. A loss of draft picks is nothing. $5 million is nothing. A.J. Hinch getting fired is nothing. 
if the if Major League Baseball, if Rob Manfred came out and said, you know what, we are going to take away the 2017 title, you'd still be ticked off. You'd still think that 2017 was a tainted season and it, it was impacted by cheating. But at least you could say, at least baseball did this much. At, you could give them a little bit of a pass. So you worry about precedent, but you already said it. You talk about how impossible it is to punish the players. Okay, fine. But if you want people to move on, there's really only way one way forward. And whether or not Major League Baseball even has the heart for that doesn't seem like it. Have you heard? It's the biggest heavyweight title fight in decades as world champion Deontay Wilder faces lineal champ Tyson Fury live from Las Vegas. Two undefeated heavy hitters square off for the second time in the most anticipated rematch in recent heavyweight history. It's this Saturday, February 22nd, 9 p.m. Yeah, it's going to happen at 9 p.m. Get lost. Not, it's going to happen February 22nd, but let's be honest, it's probably going to happen a lot closer than February 23rd. But it's happening February 22nd at 9 p.m. Wink, wink. Live on pay-per-view. And I'm into it, man. I'm... Uh, you know, there's a reason I feel like big boxing matches only happen every couple of years because you got to get the taste out of your mouth from the last one. And then by the time the net, the two years goes by, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm into this. Even though when it's done, you're like, why did I buy this? But this one could be good. Two big guys, two heavy hitters. Fury doesn't get hit that much, you, you know. I think that Wilder obviously, obviously will win. But I think it's actually better for boxing if Fury wins because he's a better personality. He's a kind of wacky guy. He says wacky things. Wilder is a better fighter, but he's just not the personality. He tried to be that personality a little yesterday. Got a little personal. I feel, you know, he always do, he always go after each other at the, the, the press conference beforehand, right? The pushing of the show, that old gag. But it, it was like he was trying out material at a roast and it went like a little too, you know. Anytime you're bringing up suicide, I feel like, eh, that probably went a little too far there, my friend. You know, probably, probably stepped over the bounds of what was acceptable at a uh, press conference. But all right. Anywho, it is the Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FN ESPN, New York. We're talking about the NFL. Is that what we're talking? Yes, that's what we're talking about. Yesterday, you got the report from Adam Schefter. Looks like things are moving closer to a new collective bargaining agreement in the NFL. And if it does, well, it's going to change the NFL playoff structure as it's been constituted for a while now. And it would change it next season is what it looks like. It's not like this is going to happen down the road. The regular season would be increased to 17 games per team. The preseason shortened to three games, which I think everybody should be probably a fan of, right? (laughs) We didn't give you that as one of the options, but probably should have. But also as part of the playoff format, only one team would get a first round buy as opposed to right now we got the two, right? And that means that you'd also get an extra playoff team per conference. So seven teams per conference, 17 games. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is what is your favorite part of the plan? Well, I'll be honest with you. I kind of like the way the playoffs are right now. I know that there are people who will say, an extra playoff game, how is that bad? The problem is, is that you know what kind of playoff game that is. 
yeah, it's nice, to, I guess, to have an extra playoff game, but it's not going to be a good playoff game. I've sat through plenty of playoff Saturdays, all fired up for the playoffs, and then it's the Houston Texans play, putting me to sleep. So I guess it's better if you're a fan, especially of a bad team like I am, like you are if you're a Jets or a Giants fan with the, the outside shot, especially if you're a Giant fan, right? Just get in the playoffs. You've seen it in the past. Hey, we get on a run. We win a Super Bowl. God loves us. So maybe I guess that might be my favorite part of it, that the, the, at least that there's the chance for, for more teams. I think when it push comes to shove, I think my, my favorite part is just having regular season games. I like ha- when, when the regular season's over, and again, maybe part of it is, is because I just, my team's not going to really be a threat for the playoffs. I just like having Sundays at one o'clock, go downstairs, put on the TV, have all the games going on. So I like probably having the, the, the extra regular season game as much. The one playoff buy per conference, uh, I don't really think that it uh, impacts things all that much, although it is a way to kind of give some more significance to the regular season, I think, although history has shown you that these teams, when they're playing for the buy, it doesn't really seem to impact them. Maybe if there's only one of them, maybe it will. But I don't hate it all, but I think if I had a favorite part of it, it is just having an extra game. I just like having games every single week, and when it does get to the playoffs, yeah, you're excited for playoff football, but... There is something about having the games 1 o'clock every Sunday, knowing, boom, got all the games, you got the direct TV, you got the Sunday ticket. I think that's probably my favorite part of it. So I would say that is my favorite part of the poll question today. But you can vote on the poll questions up on Twitter. At Gordon Damer. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Oh, I mentioned that um, other people had brought up the movies that traumatized them as kids. One that I forgot, and it's a good one. Children of the Corn. Remember Children of the Corn? I don't it, it was not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but they had the one guy in there, Malachi. Oh, Malachi was bad. He Malachi was bad news. And Malachi was so so bad news that I don't remember the plot of the movie, really. I remember Malachi. Malachi was an actor and he was a working actor for a long. He might still be. He would be in lots of things every, and whenever he was in, he could be in a comedy. He was always Malachi to me. You would spot him right away. Ah, Malachi! Watch out for Malachi! He was on an episode of Seinfeld. I remember watching go, Malachi! Watch out for Malachi. Malachi was bad news, man. You had to watch out for Malachi. Also, somebody brought up Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot was another one. I don't even remember really the plot of Salem's Lot, but I remember that there was like a demon or a devil and it was tapping on somebody's window. It was like floating in the air and tapping on somebody's window. I had a bedroom upstairs, man. I didn't like that. I did not like tap. I felt like I was safe upstairs. And now you got people tapping on the window upstairs. That's not good. Not good for me. All right. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Sal is in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. Uh, what I forgot to tell you yesterday was you know, scary movies was always date night, you know, so the girl would be crawling all over you. Right. But, uh, one that got me was The Exorcist. I was 18 when that came out, and right. that scared the hell out of me. I mean, I had nightmares. <laughs> so I, right. up, I mean, I'm Catholic. I was an altar boy and everything. So sure. So that movie, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Exorcist is a little too early for me, but, yeah, I can see that one. You know, you have the little twelve. Yeah. How did – I don't understand how somebody allowed their kid – 
considering the material involved in the movie, I mean, I don't remember how old Linda Blair was when they filmed that. But she had to be like 10, 12, 12 years old. She's 12, cursing 12, 12. and saying, like, how does somebody allow their 12-year-old kid to be in a movie where they're dropping F-bombs? and you know? Right. That's why she was so screwed up the rest of her life, probably. I don't know. I, I think there was probably some interesting, I, you know, I, you don't want to say because I'm not involved, but... It, yeah. I can't imagine, like, my wife comes to me and says, yeah, Jack's got a movie. Oh, really? He got a movie? Oh, that's fantastic. What's the movie? He's going to be in The Exorcist. The Exorcist? What the? No, I don't think I would. I don't know if I'd approve that. Um, the, the other thing, real quick, with, with, uh, with the other Exorcist sort of story is the Manfred and, and baseball. You know, I would have had more, you know, um, if he would have tried to, you know, you know, banish some players, suspend them, or do something to just to make baseball look better. Say, look, you know, we're trying to clean this up. We want to do try to do the right thing. And you knew they weren't going to have anything with the players be suspended or anything. But just go out there and throw it out there. Throw it against the wall. You know, just let us feel better about what you try you're trying to do to help the game. You know. Yeah, well, look, I mean, part of it as well is that when we were leading up, right, like the in-between of finding out what was going on and then baseball doing the investigation and waiting for the punishment, it was the reports were this punishment is going to be unprecedented. Like, don't even try to figure out what this is going to be because there's nothing that's off the table for Major League Baseball. And then when you got the punishment, it was exactly what you kind of thought it was going to be. It was going to be a fine. It was going to be draft picks because they had mentioned that. And then you got a long suspension, a year suspension, which I don't even think is really outrageous. It wasn't like there was any part of the punishment that I was like, wow, they really dropped the hammer here. And yet you had people telling you after it came down, people who are directly tied to Major League, like they're, they have a paycheck that is coming from Major League Baseball telling you, oh, no, these punishments, they're really strict. They're not. And you're right. If they had gone after the players and said, we're going to give players 25-game suspensions, and then they lost, right? The, the Major League, the players' union takes them to court and they lose. At least you would have, and at least, at least they tried to do this. So at this point, I think the only at least that they can have at this point is to say, Take away the World Series title. I was not in favor of that leading up to this because I feel like it's kind of a meaningless thing. But at this point, when you're the laughing stock of sports, you have LeBron James chiming in. You have other people from other sports chiming in about how bad you look. Now, LeBron is free to do that because China is not part of this at all. China has no opinion on the Astros cheating scandal. So, so LeBron, he, he feels very comfortable being able to say this without any repercussions that way, because if China had been involved, whoo, he would stay away from that with a 10 foot pole. He would, he wouldn't even know that baseball was a sport if China had been involved. But I mean, you have people chiming in from other sports saying how bad baseball looks and they're not wrong. So if at least if baseball were to say we're, we're retroactively, we've thought about it, we're going to strip the title. It's going to be a vacated title as a result. It's silly. It's not really what I would want, but at this point, it's clear I'm not going to get what I want. Let's go out to Eddie in Long Island. Eddie. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? First of all, I love your show. You, I love you guys. You guys are great. Thank you, man. Uh, what? Two, two points. One, scariest movies of all time. I'm 44 years old. I saw Poltergeist when I was a kid. Yeah? But with the, 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 whole, dude, the, the, clown, the clown scene, for life, I'm scared of the clowns. For yeah. life. You know, again, my, I mentioned yesterday my grandmother showed me that Nostradamus thing. My grandmother also took me to see Poltergeist. I think my grandmother really had it out for me. I don't know what she was no. – Poltergeist, though, was like a family movie, though. I think it was like and PG. My mom, my 
fun too. But I'm all for life. Killed me for life. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the clown scene for life. I hate clowns. I can't. I'm, I'm a tough guy. I'm a boxer. I, I hate clowns. No way. I'm scared. Yeah, so, you know, I don't really feel like clowns. Clown hatred was a thing until until uh, Seinfeld brought that up. I never really thought about it, but they are terrifying. I, I, the, the idea of a clown is is terrifying. Maybe it was John Wayne Gacy. He was big into clowns. It's actually a real fear. You, you can't see the face, and it scares you for life. Like Ella Kutcher has it too. But anyway, on to uh, sports. Um, yeah, I'm a big Yankee fan, and I, I'm not saying we would have won anything back then, but the, the whole cheating thing. It's just you know. I'm competitive myself. It just, it just, it's. If the Yankees think it's unfair, it's, it's, it's and everybody else thinks it's. Every club with Yankee Yankees. Listen, we just wanted a shot. You know, so we got, we got that. If we got that close, now by one or two runs, come on now. What, what, what could have happened? You know, it's like right. You, I look, if this were any other team involved, obviously people, the people who are saying the Yankees need to shut up or the Yankees quit whining because you didn't do this or you didn't do that. The other team, it's been documented, was cheating. And they won all the games at home where they were cheating. And they won the first two games by a single run where they were cheating. So, no, there's a reason why people are asking the Yankees, more now, maybe we're finding out about it because it's New York and and there's more interest here, so that's possible. Maybe the Dodgers, if you're in L.A., they're asking them as much. But there's a reason why they're asking the Yankees. It's because they were one of the teams most directly impacted. Let's go out to D in Queens. D, what's going on, my man? Well, it's funny you brought up the Yankees. Yeah. The team that should be the pissed off the most is the Dodgers. They got it two years I, in a I, row. I, yeah, and I think that they are. I think I think we're just finding out, you know, like every day you hear the con- – we didn't play Stanton, but Stanton was asked yesterday, judged the day before, Glaber Torres. I mean, I think the reason why you're hearing each individual Yankee player is because we're in New York and it's going to be more newsworthy you know, here than in you know, I get that part. But not only should they be stripped, it should be awarded to the Dodgers. If nah, see, that, I, that I don't agree no, no. with. No, nah, you can't, you can't okay, hand it to somebody okay, else. I get it. No, but I get it. But the thing is, I can understand if they won in four or five games, then they have an argument being the um, the Astros. Right. But the fact that both series were seven, seven games, games. Yep. come on now. And I don't understand. This is another thing I still don't understand. If gambling is legal, how are these leagues allowed to let this cheating go by unpunished? Like, this seems a little bit crazy to me. But like, I mean, in terms of gambling, the, the 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 you're not going to be able to go back. You know, like baseball's. I'm sure they're benefiting in, in terms of interest if gambling, especially in-game gambling, is is made legal in more places. But it's not like that you're going to have a beef legally to go back and win your bet, and that's not going to be Major League Baseball's focus. Major League Baseball can't even focus on what it, it's supposed to be focused on. Like, they can't even focus on the part of punishing the teams that are supposed to be punished. You want them to go into the gambling aspect of it. I mean, that they need to do less. They can't handle more. McKnight will throw it in from the right baseline with McDermott in front of him. McKnight gets the basketball, looks around, throws it toward the rim. Mabukalashvili catches, fires, he hits, and Sito wins it! Sandro caught it and in one motion popped it over the rim and in. They're going to check to make sure that he beat the buzzer, but it appears that he did. And Seton Hall is going to win this one. All right, so there you go. Seton Hall, another win last night. They beat Butler 74-72. Gary Cohen to call on 970 The Answer. 
So good for Seton Hall back in the win column last night, and uh, hopefully they are going to finish strong as we get closer now to the NCAA tournament and March Madness and all that that entails. Nice to have a uh, local angle to that. We'll see if uh, Rutgers is also part of that when uh, the Selection Sunday uh, eventually gets here. Our poll question for today, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, NFL's new proposed playoff format, 17 games per season, an extra playoff team per conference, only one bye per conference. And our poll question is, what's your favorite part of the plan? Or do you just hate it? Do you just hate it to, to kingdom come? You certainly can feel that way, and you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. So there was a couple other things that I wanted to mention. One of them yesterday that I wanted to touch on was the uh, Ioannis Cespedes hype video that he put out. I guess it's about a week ago now. I didn't really watch it at the time because it doesn't really impact my life. But when he came out and then said he is not going to talk to the media, you kind of go back and maybe view it as, all right, why Why doesn't he want it? Well, obviously he feels like he's getting a raw deal from the media. So I went back and watched that that hype video, and it kind of ties in, right? He feels like he has not been given a fair shake. He suffered this significant injury, and it's almost like it's been a punchline, right, because of how it happened. The fact that first off, he, the story was he stepped in a hole. I mean, he's out because of a leg injury and he's stepping on a hole. It seemed kind of strange. and it, 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 it did kind of bring about laughs. Now, it's not funny to laugh at somebody's misfortune or his injury, but when, you, you, when you're already out with a leg injury and then you fall in a hole and the Mets' history of injuries and the way things always seem to happen to them, it was kind of funny. And it didn't help when the news story came out and the news story was – he fell in the he either fell in the hole or he stepped in a bear a, a boar trap. He was being chased by a boar. I mean, again, that was even worse. It's almost like, no, I didn't want to take off my shirt because my wife doesn't like me to take off my shirt. And then you come out with a new excuse. No, I got a really bad tattoo. Neither story really lines up that well. So I went back and watched the hype video. And I got to say, first off. At the time, I said, who is Joanna Cespedes mad at? The media. I mean, all these things are self-imposed. But it just shows you just kind of how insulated some people are from any criticism whatsoever. Because I went through the video. I didn't watch the whole thing. I mean, I got the other things to do with my life. But I got the, the main theme. People have doubted him. People doubt whether or not he's going to come back and, and be the player he was. Or they view the, the re-signing of him, not the first time, but the second time, as a mistake. Signing him to that long-term deal was a mistake. And some of the things, some of the, the clips that are used by his, his, um, his agency, Rock Nation, as unfair, I would assume, unfair criticism of Ioannis Cespedes. The first one is uh, Andy Martino on SNY saying, what a shame. What a shame it is that they re-signed I feel like, and maybe this is not true, it feels like that clip is taken way out of context. Just the way he's saying it, it doesn't really seem like it's Andy Martino that's saying that, that he feels this way, but there is a perception, and he is voicing that perception. But le- let's leave that one out, because that one, if it is true that Andy Martino is saying, what a shame they signed this player. All right, that might be a bit over the top, although... Is it really considering the guy <laughs> the guy has missed all this time? 
But the other things that are being said, they're all fair criticism. Do you really believe that after all this time, this guy is someone who can play 140 games? Is that not a fair criticism? Is that not a fair thought to have after a guy has missed all this time, has played, what was it, 35 games the last two seasons? After having this significant leg injury? Another thing said, he's a player with a mixed history. Well, he's been on all these different teams. He's bounced around until he got to the Mets. And the Mets were the one team that finally signed him to a long-term deal. A bunch of other teams had that ability and decided not to. So I think that's fair that he does have a mixed history. Tom Verducci saying, you can't count on Cespedes. You have to believe it when he's actually on the field. Is that not true? Is that not fair? I think it was Boomer Esiason in the clip who says, it's unlikely he'll ever regain the fluidity that he had. Again, is that not fair? Ron Darling to say, saying to take this much time off, it's hard to believe that a guy will be it. Again, show me what the unfair criticism is. Show me someone saying, wow, this guy is a bum. This guy is a dog. This guy... He's not worth, the Mets should take back the money. That would be unfair criticism. None of the clips that he's putting out there in his hype video, to me, is unfair criticism at all. It's criticism that is not only fair. I think anybody with a that's not just a diehard fan of Ioannis Cespedes or Ioannis Cespedes would feel that way. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Go back to the phones here. We'll go to Gino in Tom's River. Gino, what's going on, my man? I just wanted to make a comment on the football. I think anytime you get good playoff football, it's always good to throw an extra game in. Yeah, the problem is it's probably not going to – like that first – like you're you're watering it down, right? You're you're taking two teams or one team that really would not have made the playoffs previously. And I just remember sitting there every Saturday when they had that first playoff game. I'm excited to have it, and then the game starts, and it's not a very good game. So look, I agree with you. I like if it turns out to be in an individual year, a close game, a game that goes down to the wire. I'll enjoy it, but. It's not like I'm thinking about – it's not like I've been sitting around in previous years thinking to myself, well, if they could just add another playoff team, it would be even better. True, but, you know, you saw the Rams this year. They were a pretty good team. They were evenly matched with some of these teams that got into the playoffs. And a team like that would have been good. I, I get it. Like one of them AFC teams would have probably not as been as uh, – as right. The Steel, right, the Steelers would have been the extra team, I think? I think the Steelers, yeah. they yeah, yeah, I mean, was, <laughs> like, did you want to watch another Steelers game this year with no, uh, Duck Hodges and uh, Mason Rudolph? You know, like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's individual years, maybe, where there will be a team that I think, you know what, too bad that team doesn't get in. But more times than not, those teams don't belong in. And now you're just putting on another team. And again, make no mistake, the league is much like baseball when they're expanding the amount of teams. Nobody's doing this because it's better for the sport. It's just going to make the owners more money with a new collective bargaining agreement and, and whenever they, whenever their TV deals are up and they can offer another playoff game. That's the only reason why they're doing it. Nobody actually thinks there's just so many good teams. We have to expand the field. That's not true. Danny on Long Island. Danny, go, my man. 
Good morning. Just keep in mind when you're talking about sets, but you are dealing with a Florida man, so anything's possible. Yeah, that's uh, true. And, and you know what? And when you get attacked by a wild boar on your property, asking you asking to give you a check back, that's not unreasonable. I mean, that, that was so bizarre. I don't think that saying he should forfeit his salary was a, was an unreasonable position. Uh, no, I think it is. I, I actually think if, if that's a true story and he actually got hurt, I mean, that's kind of like an act of God. No, I mean, even, I don't well, know. My father, you, my father I, I, vacation. My father lived in Vero. He was a snowbird. And Cespedes in his community of white millionaires would, was, 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 was a beloved character. He would be in his four-wheel motorcycle. He had, he had uh, giraffes. He had everything. It was like uh, he had his own circus in his backyard. But listen, as far as the NFL is concerned, uh, we're getting up to almost 50% of the teams in each conference making the playoffs. And the thought of my beloved Steelers being in the playoffs last year is a disgrace because that wasn't even a, a, fi- a 500 team that isn't a playoff team. And now what happens is, with only one team getting a bye, if I'm ten and if I'm ten and four, I'm in the middle of the pack. The last three or four games of the season become meaningless because I'm not getting the bye. The one team ran away. The Patriots went fifteen and one, so it, it's going to dilute the value of regular season games because by week fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen, if I'm in the middle of the pack, I'm like the NBA. I'm in a resting mode now. I'm making the playoffs. I'm not getting anybody hurt to go from the number six to the number four to the number three. There's no value to it. Yeah. So it's going to it's going to make for you know games on the schedule that look great in September for week sixteen. But then by the time week seventeen comes around, everybody's locked in. It's not going to mean anything. Well, I mean it does expand it, right? I mean it does give you an extra team. So uh, I, I'm a big believer. Like I get that in the individual case, it might you might feel differently. But I'm generally I want the best regular season team to have an advantage in the postseason and the better regular season teams to have advantages. And the fact that you are cutting it down to just one playoff by per conference, it, it opens up the possibility of a team that wasn't that good in the regular season getting on a run in the postseason and then winning a championship. And I don't think that's good for leagues just uh, on, on principle alone. So you saw this story probably yesterday, uh, ex-Browns left tackle Greg Robinson being held in a Texas jail was uh, caught with 157 pounds of marijuana in a rented vehicle where, in which he and two other people were riding it. And obviously, it seemed like yesterday everybody was trying to decipher well, 157 pounds, that would have the street value of this. or this would have the street value. How much would it be worth? How much would it be? It doesn't matter how much it was worth. It's going to be worth 20 years in a place that rhymes with hisen. That's what it's going to be worth. The part of the story that I found so odd, outside of the fact that he drove through a Border Patrol station within the United States. He didn't leave the country. He was driving from Los Angeles, I think, to Louisiana. He drove through Texas. There's there's stations set up within the United States. I didn't realize that. Also, the third person, the unidentified passenger, was an Uber driver. He hired an Uber driver on his drug deal? Wasn't even like they were hiding the, the stuff inside. They were just threw the duffel bags in the back and just drove in the car. This was not a well-planned out trip. Very, very odd. I guess 157 pounds of, of marijuana, it's kind of hard to, to use the defense. It was for personal use. That, that would last a while, I would think. That's the one story. The other story that I wanted to touch on was the Kyrie Irving injury. It looks like uh, Kyrie Irving is now going to be uh, lost for the season. And uh, that's not good. That's not good for the NBA. It's not good for the Nets. So hopefully he can get back some point this year and, and get healthy. 
I always am a big believer that leagues need stars, and Kyrie Irving, when healthy, is clearly a star player. I would just like to mention, just like to bring up, can you imagine? Cast your mind. Clear, clear your mind for a second. Close your eyes if you're not driving. If the Knicks had signed Kyrie Irving and he had played 20 games, the Knicks get crushed for plenty of things. Fair, but some are unfair. Not signing Kyrie Irving was the best thing they did all of last season. We're out of time. That's going to do it for us for today. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.